kid pants too And I can pull them off and on Mommy, wow! I'm a big kid now The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. Here it is. Welcome to the five count. This is the five count. I'm so excited. Are you really? For what? Uh, well, it's like show number nine million, and it's just like you'd think it would get old, and to everyone else, it most certainly does, but not to me. Oh, yeah. I just can't get enough. Cannot get enough. Just can't get enough of the stuff. <laughs> That's my one of my top ten films. The stuff. I've tried to explain it to people. I've even tried to show people trailers, and they say, what are you even talking about, dude? This is terrible. And I said, no, man. It's the stuff. Yeah. Ton, you're one of my top ten tons. Oh, really? I didn't know there was nine others. I had no idea. You excited? Listen, I'm uh, super stoked to be here. I've got a golden thumb. My daughter painted my thumbnail uh, sparkly gold this evening. I was wondering what you were doing over there. I thought you were slapping it like you're mad at it. No, I was talking about how you can't slap it like you're mad at it or even slightly angry or probably can't even slap it at all anymore. No, I slap it all day and all night. Do you really? What are you talking about? Talking about playing bass. Oh, yeah, I don't do that anymore. I'm trying to get something going on here. We need to, somebody to needs me? to play some music again. I need to play music again. It needs to happen. I'm trying to figure that out. Why can't you just figure it out? What do I do with that once I figure it out? Well, then you play. You lay down some tracks. Ton, I don't mean to air this uh, personal laundry business out to the masses here on yeah. Great Radio. Good times, great oldies. Uh huh. Uh, but you and I are not allowed to hang out anywhere outside of the hours of <laughs> 9 to 11 p.m. on Tuesday nights. <laughs> so when are we supposed to, quote, unquote, get the band back together? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm working on 
because I cannot, because I haven't been able to fully access my own equipment within my own house. Because <laughs> that's rough, man. There's stuff in the entire room, and when I talk to, we're still talking about instruments. My yes, oh, okay, significant other about that. It just never really happens that it gets cleaned up. So um, I'm I'm looking at other avenues, places where I can bring this equipment, and then there will be a possibility of jamming. Possibly after hours. I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you posted is what I'm saying. But here's the thing. Have you heard about this tubes shortage? Have you heard about this? Tubes. What tubes? Tubes. Are we going down the tubes? Dude, I got guitar amps that run on tubes. Look at these tubes. Power tubes, preamp tubes. Have you heard about the shortage? Of course you haven't. We've been dealing with a shortage for a couple of years now. It's dwindling, dwindling down. I actually fired up my amp. Here's what I did. Are you ready for this? It's a full-blown story. Do you I don't need to know. give an intro? You're you're sort of prefacing it by saying I'm too stupid to understand what's going on in current events as far as tubes go. <laughs> so I don't know if I am ready to handle this. It sounds like maybe not. Do we have any special guests tonight? Uh, we do. We have a very special guest on the program tonight, Ton. We've got an exclusive interview with actor Dean Bahar. You might remember him from cannibal the musical oh man he was in orgasmo orgasmo what he, a flick. he played squeak in basketball wow remember that movie yeah he's in the new film nightmare alley crazy that was nominated for some oscars wow now he's on the five count that's amazing and tonight knows so much about tubes does we're he gonna, we're gonna play the soundtrack to cannibal the musical that's gonna be awesome i'm thinking maybe it will i'm sure all the people i work with who uh, listen to the first hour of the show and then get tired of it and shut it off they'll appreciate it (laughs) at least you have people that you work with that actually listen to any of it i got one person that used to listen to the show religiously and now she probably doesn't listen to it ever heather looking in your direction but that's okay he I was st- looking in your windows earlier, yeah, too. I still, I still really cherish Heather, actually, but um, it's okay. So, all right, back to my story. Oh, sorry. I have, you know, I, I have a Fender amp that's like, it's a tube amp, so it's way extremely louder than I need it to be, right? Too loud. Do you remember this? I'm afraid it's just too darn loud. It's way too lo- loud, yes. My amp is way too loud. It's just like stupid loud. So I bought this little thing, this like attenuator that you plug into the amp and then you have some control where you can dial it back, but still crank up your power tubes. Huh? You can crank them up so you get some breakup. So you're actually got the thing cranked full tilt, but it's playing at a much lower volume. So I thought this is awesome. And I hadn't played in so long, and I was like home on lunch, and I, I I plugged it in, I turned it on, I started just ripping, but at a lower volume and just having a blast, and then I was like, crap, I got to go back to work. How long was this lunch period? Not that long. Okay. That's why. I was like so caught up, but then I was like, I got to go back. So I unplug, 
put the guitar away. I take off, go to work, and it's like two days later, and I realize I left my amp on fully cranked. But it wasn't feeding back or doing anything. It was just on and fully cranked, which means my power tubes were cranked that whole time. Now the amp sounds super muddy, like the power tubes are are finally going on it. Now this is actually very impressive because my amp, I've had it for what? 48 years. Probably like 15 or 20 years or something. 15 years? How old am I? How old are you? 48 years. I mean, probably almost 20 years. I've had that amp. And if there's one thing I know less about than tubes, it's math. Probably almost 20 years and I've never replaced the power tube. So I've been lucky and it sounded great all these years. So now finally I needed power tubes and I start looking at a place I have replaced preamp tubes before and I bought them at that point at a place called tubedepot.com and I went there looking for power tubes and it was like out of stock, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. They carry every type you could ever imagine or want. All of them are out of stock. And I started looking into it, and this is apparently some kind of big, humongous deal. All kinds of YouTube videos about it. Everyone's freaking out. Wait, they still have YouTubes? No, YouTube the dot com does. Ah. The internet website. But fear no more. If you're listening right now and you're like, dude, I know about the tube shortage and holy crap. And what if it all goes to heck? Because a lot of the tubes can't come from Russia. So obviously we got problems there. I emailed Tube Depot. I got a response a day later that says, thanks for your email. We are expecting restock shipments at the end of April. That's from Toby at Tube Depot. Are you sure it's not pronounced? Tubi? Tubi. Could be Tubi at Tobe Depot. (laughs) Dude, I just had to share that. I know you don't even care about gear. I was just about to ask you, what was the point of this story? I just wanted to talk about the tube shortage, but you had no idea. I thought you would have been like, oh, yeah, I heard something about that. And then I have some kind of insider details. Son, you told me up front that I was an idiot and had no clue what you were about to tell me. Well, you probably don't. Because you don't care about gear like I do, I guess. I care about making great radio. And I also care that it's WrestleMania weekend. Is it really? You excited about that? No. You don't seem to be. I'm not really. You probably wouldn't know anything about it, seeing as you're so dumb about you know things like WrestleMania and life. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> um, that was your, my impression of you this is what hurting gonna, my feelings no, over this, and over. I didn't say anything about your life. Um, what life? I don't even know tubes. You have a great life, Dust. Your life is cream cheese. Okay. I don't care about WrestleMania. <laughs> and I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. And if you want to equate that to me not knowing anything about life, then that's fine. Um, so, she'll be able to have at it. Yeah, I don't really care. I don't even know if I'll watch this one. That was a question from Floyd Shouts on the Five Count Mailbag. Did you send me the Royal Rumble? Because if you did, I never watched it. No, I don't think I did. You you didn't this time. It's probably on, what is it that I had recently? What is it on? Peacock. I had Peacock. I did have Peacock when the Rumble happened. Didn't watch it. 
I had that once too. Flares up right around the springtime. <laughs> they have a they have a cream for that now. Do they? It's over the counter. I should get it. So I don't think I'll even be watching WrestleMania. Coworker of mine's going. He's stoked. I said, you know what? I'm happy for you, dude. He's going there. He's going there to WrestleMania. Like both nights. Um, do yeah. You, do you prefer two four-hour nights opposed to one eight-hour extravaganza? That's what Billy Floyd shouts. Would like to know. No, I prefer uh, to reverse the clock thirty years or whatever, and just have one three-hour evening, and that's fine. Yeah. Because then you'll, if it goes too long, then you'll have to get one of those two VHS jobbers. Yeah. It's 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 just completely dumb to me now. What are your thoughts on the Steiner brothers getting into the Hall of Fame? Uh, also a question from Billy Floyd Shouts. Okay. Um, I mean, good for them, I guess, but it's not even like a thing to me anymore. I mean, okay, so what's cool about the Hall of Fame in reality? They get big giant rings, like the, Jostin style. Yeah, they get cool rings, but... Um, the, the cool thing about the hall of fame for me or what it used to be is like, I was stoked to then hear kind of a long monologue from that wrestler, hopefully telling stories about, you know, whatever things that they did and experienced and being on the road and all this stuff. That's what I want to want to hear from people when they're being inducted. But the Steiners, it's like, who cares? I don't know. Well, there you go, folks. And White they shouts. usually get they get cut off now. Ton hates everything. And as time goes on, that hate intensifies and will soon swallow you all up. <laughs> I don't think that's true. The only thing he still doesn't hate is public radio and oversized cardigans. Yeah, those are nice. And looking like Michael Douglas. Oh, dude, I do like to look like Michael Douglas. I'm cool with that. Ton, let's play some music here. Let's romance the stone. Uh, I don't know what that means, but I'm up for uh, anything, I guess, tonight. All right. See your night, bro. Thank you so much. Let's play some wrestling songs for wrestling, uh, WrestleMania. Let's do it. Yeah. 
Biasi, the million dollar man. And you're listening to the five count. And if you want to get your money's worth, then you need to stay right here. And remember one very important thing everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> everybody's got a price. Everybody's going to pay. Last night I had a dream of a heavenly battle royale With my fallen heroes gathered in one central Ohio Thirty ghosts of superstars
Every link in this chain represents a victory in the ring. Superfly Jimmy Snooker, and you're listening to the Five Count. Thanks very much, but I love you guys, man. Well, 
the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Erics can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling. Really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights. They were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon? Welcome back. Oh, yeah. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Yeah, I think I think it's just... Yeah, my time I is... I think it's... Uh... It's come and gone, my time with wrestling. Oh, I thought you said you were going to die. I could. Well, before you die, Ton, why don't you uh, at least stick around for another 90 minutes? 
if it was like the old days and we could meet up somewhere and watch WrestleMania, that would be more appealing to me. I wouldn't mind like the brotherhood and the wings, you know, and the fries and the root beer. Well, maybe in 20 years and when your kids are grown up and gone, you can actually leave the house and then we can pick up where we left off. Yeah. Like, that's fine. But me just sitting there for eight, nine hours watching WrestleMania? I don't think so, dude. Well, can you uh, stomach another 90 minutes of great radio? Oh, yeah. Dean Bahar is on the program tonight. Nice. Actor, writer, director, producer. What a guy, for real. Squeak from Basketball. That's crazy. Cannibal the Musical. Yeah, man. Love that. Love that movie. I know you do. Hey, I got a question here, Ton. Yeah? From Mankato's favorite son, professional wrestler Stonehenge. Oh, yeah. If it hasn't happened yet, and there's ever a spot open for a special guest, I've often dreamt of doing a watch-along of the Casablanca of my generation, 1989's feel-good hit of the summer, the criminally underrated action-packed cinematic masterpiece that was no holds barred. Signed, wow. Stonehenge. Wow. I got well, some got some bad news. Got some bad news Stonehenge. for you. We already did a commentary on no holds barred. We did do it. A couple we of years it. back. Yeah. It was one of our early ones. Should we do it again? Could we pick a different? Could we do Suburban Commando instead? I mean, we can do whatever we want. I was frozen today. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Yeah, we need to just figure out a different one. The problem is, I don't want to say anything that's going to upset Stonehenge because he might do like a moonsault and squash me dead. That's very possible. I've seen him beat the number two out of Mitch Paradise. I know. So what do you think he could do to I was, us? I was there, dude. Yes. It's it could be brutal. What about like body slam? I think you've seen that. Starring Face Man Templeton Peck. Yeah, maybe he'd like that. We could do that. You know what I'm saying? What about Santa with muscles around Christmas time? I mean, sure. I mean, I'm open to it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, you better be. I'm open to it, Stonehenge. Thanks for uh, writing in. He's probably not listening to this, so you might want to go to his house and talk to him in person. I talked to his sister a couple weeks back. Nice person. Ton, you're a nice person. Did you know sometimes uh, people like to call and ask you things? And we said, hey, we should get our own hotline. Yeah, we did. And then Ton's like, hey, that's a good idea. And then we did. <laughs> yes, we did. It's the five count hotline. 507-519-2030. That is the ticket to your dreams. When you call in and leave a message, you have to do it in tons FM morning show puker voice. <laughs> oh, it's the only time I get a chance to talk like that ever. Hey, hey. Yeah. And now I just started doing it. We haven't done that for years. And with the five count hotline, I can do it all the time. That'd be ridiculous. I would love to just, 
I should record like the voicemail part for that or something. Just be ridiculous. You could. We did a long time ago, but I don't remember what it sounds like. Neither do I. It's probably real good. Probably. No oh my else. God, Ton. Breaking news. Ozzy Osbourne has his own line of gin. <laughs> Take a guess. Take a guess what it's called. Uh, dude, I don't know. It's called the Ultimate Gin. Yes, dude. What? Are you serious? Are you serious? My notes went flying. It's called the Ultimate Gin, dude. What? That's right. You play with me, you're playing with fire. I haven't even... I haven't drank in a long time, but it you seems need to start like drinking I again need now. To drink that. That's the ultimate gin. Oh wow, dude! Does it have a sequence robe wrapped around it? It's only available in Europe. Oh man! Hope you can special order it. Hey, if you're listening to this and you live in Europe, hook a guy up. Hook a guy up. That was supposed to be a joke, Ton, because we don't even have people in Mankato who listen, let alone Europe. There's people that listen. I'm trying to look it up right now. Ozzy Osbourne launches the ultimate gin. <laughs> I want to see a picture of it. Dude, could it? Could we just... Can I talk to Ozzy? Dust, get him on the phone. Can we get him to make a special edition with a sequence robe wrapped around that bottle, dude? With a high collar, dude, you know what I'm saying? You think I should just cold call him? Yes. I get nervous. You know that. Man, man. I had several phone numbers for people who are now dead that I was afraid to just call randomly. Dude, it's a classic and bold London dry gin with a heavy 47% ABV. And a silver award for quality from the IWSC. Is that good? Wow. What does that mean exactly? I think it means that it's high quality gin. The Is ultimate, it the ultimate gin? The ultimate gin joins a range of celebrity boozes that includes a limited batch bourbon launched to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Motorhead's Ace of Spades and an official Kiss branded gin called Cold Gin. Nah. That's not even as cool. I mean, it's still okay, cool, but the ultimate gin just seems way cooler. Wow. Iron Maiden had enormous success with Trooper beer? Wow. Now you're just looking up random heavy metal-themed liqueurs? No, it's all in the same article here. Status Quo had Pile Driver Ale. <laughs> Pile Driver Ale. Wow. Huh. Crazy. Ghost had a gin also. You could slam a couple bottles. Man. Then you could say, Overkill. Enough is enough. <laughs> There's nothing left for him ton to devour. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I could say something just like that. Ton, do you want to get to our exclusive interview here? Yeah, dude. Because we got a lot of stuff to get uh, into the show here. I would love to. Like the entire soundtrack to Cannibal the Musical. That sounds fabulous. Dean Bahar is on the program. Uh, it's happening right now. It's here on the five count. Thank you so much. <laughs> 
We're on the phone today with actor Dean Bahar. You might remember him from films like Cannibal the Musical and Basketball, and uh, he's in the new film Nightmare Alley. Hey, Dean, how you doing today? Good. How are you doing, Dustin? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time out with me today. Absolutely. I'm happy to have the moment. Well, first of all, can you tell us a bit about what you've been up to lately? Have you been keeping busy you know, during all the shutdowns and all that stuff that's been going on here? I have been, yeah. I uh, Thankfully, I've been very, uh, very busy, actually, more so than I was expecting. It's funny because the COVID really did shut things down for a while, but thankfully, things are starting up again. I've got three new films I've been cast in, and we're hoping that things will be coming together maybe at the end of the summer, fall, and spring of next year. I've also written my own screenplay that I'm producing and starring in, and I wrote that screenplay actually while I was filming uh, Nightmare Alley in Toronto because I was out there for two months, and uh, I'm very grateful for the time that I had because it actually made me buckle down and get my stuff done as well and create more work for myself. And it's uh, it's a movie that I have always wanted to see, and it's the kind of movie that I've always wanted to act in. So I I just basically said, you know what, I need to actually just write my own film. I need to make my own project that I really care about. So that's what I did, and it paid off because I actually were making it. So things are going to happen, and working on three other films in addition to that, and uh, yeah, just just marching on like a soldier. <laughs> That's awesome. You mentioned uh, Nightmare Alley. I know that's out now, and uh, that film was really well-received. Uh, you worked with some uh, some big names on that. That's awesome that you were able to land that role. Yeah, I'm very thankful because Guillermo del Toro has always been a big hero of mine. I love all of his movies, so it was a blessing to work with an idol of mine and to to see how he works, and it's uh, it's great. Yeah, the movie is nominated for Best Picture, so this is the first time I've been in a in a film that's been nominated for an Academy Award. So that's really cool. It gives gives some nice notice, and it's just a, a beautiful piece. I mean, it's um, it's a remake of a classic that was made in 1947, starring Tyrone Power. And it's I think this version might be a little more true to the original novel. And it's uh, it's a really interesting retelling, and it's starring some major stars. So it's very uh, very cool to be involved with all, all of that. And Dean, I know you mentioned you're working on your own movie now, and you've been working, uh, you know, as, as an actor for a long time. Can you tell us a bit about that? You know, how you got into it, and and uh, I guess Cannibal the Musical that was the first uh, first role for you. Is that right? Yeah, that was my first feature role. I worked on a bunch of student films. I worked on short films when I was col- in college. I went to the University of Colorado in Boulder, and I uh, initially started off as a journalism major because I love writing. And my parents did not really uh, really want me to follow uh, a theatrical background, which is really what I wanted to do. I actually got a, a full-ride scholarship to a couple of universities when I was in high school for acting because I actually won the state championship for dramatic acting, dramatic interpretation as part of the uh, forensics and speech and debate teams. And you would compete on the state level with a bunch of different high schools all across the state. And then once you go from there, you can compete nationally. But I won the first one first place. I won the state championship my senior year in high school in 1989. And I really wanted just to keep acting. That's exactly what I wanted to do. I loved theater. I love the instant feedback of having an audience right there. So that was my plan. I really wanted to do that. My parents were like, well, let's try to go with something that might be more financially stable. They wanted me to actually get a and understandably so, they wanted me to get a, a background in something that I could maybe 
turn into maybe um, an easier career. And so I went into, uh, and I've always been very successful with writing as well. So I thought journalism might be a cool option. So that's what I initially started off as at the University of Colorado. And they chose that university over the other ones. Even though I got scholarships, they chose University of Colorado because that's also where my grandfather went. Okay. And so I was I was happy to be going to a place that my grandfather had gone to, and it's a fantastic school. It's not a, a bad choice. And Boulder, Colorado is a epically beautiful place. So it was a good choice all around, and I think it was the right choice because what happened was once I got there, I uh, although I was a journalism major, I took acting classes as electives. And one of the acting classes I was taking, I was actually paired up with Trey Parker, and we were paired up as scene partners for a scene to do a little 10-minute uh, play that we could choose. We actually got our, our choice of whatever we wanted to do together. So we actually chose to uh, just create our own scene, and we pretended that it was somebody else that wrote it. <laughs> and so we actually we had a really good time together realizing that we're both really fun and good at improv. It was fun to work with him that way. And he basically, because he was a film major at the time, and he basically explained to me that all of the film majors pretty much cast other film majors in the student films because they don't really go outside and look for new actors, and they're just thankful to have other students within the classes that are willing to do it. And a light went off in my head, and I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly how I can learn how to act in movies. This is how I can learn how movies are made, which is, I think, extremely important. I think that uh, I think every actor should have a basic knowledge of movie making and understand that they are not the main component. There's so many other puzzle pieces to create that product. And so I was very thankful because what I did was I, um, I changed my major. I went into film production which my parents were still kind of like a little hesitant about, but they're like, <laughs> okay, so he's, he's studying how to make movies. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of different job opportunities there. It's not just acting. There's something that he's going to land as a job, but really realistically, my whole intent was to continue acting and to basically just learn how to act on film and to learn how that whole process works. And it was great because I worked on so many student films and Trey thankfully was able to get financing for, cannibal the musical and he got that through some different film professors as well as some students their parents and i think they raised a little over a hundred thousand dollars i might be wrong about that total but i know it was at least a hundred thousand dollars that they raised together so that was the budget we had and we filmed most of the movie during spring break and then you know several consecutive weekends thereafter and it was such a cool time because it was not only a film it was basically like a giant field trip for all of us because we all really learned so much more about the history of Alfred Packer and we actually journeyed pretty much to most of the exact same spots that he actually traveled to so it was kind of the most incredible field trip you could ever take to learn about somebody when you actually are walking in kind of the exact same footsteps that they went in sure. so just from that standpoint it was epic and then on another level when I watch the movie, it feels like I'm watching an old home movie with friends because we're just having <laughs> such a good time entertaining each other, essentially. And thankfully, our entertainment entertain other people, too. And it's uh, such a cool thing because then it turned into a successful feature that he was able to get distributed with Troma. And Lloyd Kaufman loved the movie and was very thankful to have something like this involved with his company. And 
he's really the reason why it got seen. And from there, we just uh, continued on. He got financing to do Orgasmo. And I was living in Colorado at the time. Trey and Matt actually graduated a year or two before I did. So I was still in school for a bit. And then once I graduated, they contacted me again and said, hey, we actually have money to do this other movie out in L.A. And so I was like, that's awesome. Let's I want to do that. Finally, I'm going to go out to L.A. and see how this works. So when they had the money put together for Orgasmo, which was actually financed mostly by a Japanese uh, sex toy company. Wow. And so we uh, we went out. I filmed it. I, I was out there for about, I think, six weeks in L.A., which is really the first time I really spent a lengthy period of time in California. I'd been to Disneyland and Universal Studios and like the San Diego Zoo and stuff on vacations with my parents, but I'd never really experienced L.A. culture. And so that was my introduction to L.A. I was working on these on this porn set to some degree, a, a, a movie about the porn industry. And I actually went to some porn sets, of course. Ron Jeremy at the time, who was a cast member, had invited us to actually visit some porn sets. So it was kind of a, a crazy experience because my parents were like, they were they had no idea what Orgasmo was about. I mean, they, they had a rough idea about the script, but I think both of them were kind of hesitant and thinking that it was maybe like a softcore porn. And they didn't understand that there's really there's no nudity in the movie. You see naked guys' butts, but there's not even there's not even tits in the movie. And it's crazy because it actually ended up with getting an NC-17 rating, which is sure. insane. Because there's something about Mary came out the same year, and I mean, there's something about Mary, which was a huge hit, and it was a really funny movie. But there's so much more hardcore imagery, and there's something about Mary versus right. Orgasmo. I mean, something about Mary has. Ben Affleck jacking off in a bathroom. You see him doing that. You see his balls caught in his zipper. You see <laughs> cum, which a girl takes and rubs in her hair. It's like some pretty hardcore shit compared to what our movie is about, ironically, because we're we're talking about porn, but you never see anything like that. And yet we got an NC-17 rating, which is completely insane. I don't know why that happened, but because of that, it really limited the distribution for Orgasmo and didn't really give us the opportunities to to advertise. We couldn't put it in papers. We couldn't put it online. And a lot of, well, actually, there was no online at that moment. There was no online. I don't know at what point in time people really started advertising on the internet, but we couldn't we couldn't be in local papers. There was no way that could happen. They wouldn't carry it. So it just got kind of buried. It's this funny film that just got lost and really only got noticed through kind of a cult following because people were like kind of bootlegging it there were so many bootleg copies of orgasmo going around that suddenly it got a following and uh it turned into what it is now where people now actually know that movie and it was completely unknown for the longest time when it came out but it was uh it was a real eye-opener coming out to la to work on that and that was my introduction and then after that i was like okay i had a chunk of cash i didn't get paid a lot but it was enough for me to actually make a move from Colorado out to LA and I've been here ever since. Yeah, that is awesome. And it's amazing. The, um, kind of the journey you've been on, you know, doing a, a film in in college in cannibal, the musical, and then just helping out to some friends on orgasmo. And these films are really now. Like, well, I wasn't just helping for, out friends on orgasmo. I started in orgasmo. Well, yeah, you know, but, um, as you mentioned, kind of lost in the shuffle there at the time, but uh, now uh, so many people, uh, love those films and you know of course uh, basketball as well and 
and your role as Squeak, I, I think, really made that mm-hmm. film. So, I mean, you had uh, quite, oh, the, uh, quite the run there, uh, the first uh, few films you were in. Yeah, I had a great time working on uh, Basketball because David Zucker was one of my favorite directors. He still is. I love, I love Airplane. When I, uh, when I was a kid, I think it was in fifth grade when I first saw it, and I thought it was the funniest movie I'd ever seen. I couldn't believe it. And I've just been quoting it for years with my friends. And then, of course, the whole Naked Gun series was just epic. So David Zucker has been making me laugh for so many years. And to finally have the opportunity to make him laugh was just a blessing. I couldn't believe how cool that was. And I I initially was only supposed to be in the first 10 minutes of the movie. When I come in as the character that's turning off the gas, that was it. That was all he's supposed to do. But I made him laugh over and over again, made the crew laugh. So he kept writing more lines for me. So literally every single day, I was given more scenes. And by the end of the movie, we worked. I worked for 11 weeks on it, Monday through Friday. And it was so cool because after the second week, I now had a car. I had a driver come and pick me up and take me to set every day, Monday through Friday. <laughs> and I was like, holy God, this is amazing. I actually am – I'm like legitimate. I feel like I'm like a real actor now. So I became like a co-starring role in the movie. By the end of the film, I was like, I'm not just just like a day player here. And I'm not discounting anything that a day player does, but it, it gave me a more substantial role in being able to help tell the story and i was so thankful for that because it was a really educational time for me too because not only was i able to just showcase myself more so i was able to learn how comedy works i was able to learn that um, some of the best comedic directors are not just content with working with with what's on the page david zucker is very open improvisation and we would constantly every day be coming up with new new jokes and if he had a joke or anybody on the crew had a joke that was responded to favorably he was willing to film it like literally a lighting guy it was such a family unit that literally a lighting guy could say hey what if you said this and if it made everybody laugh i said it or matt or trey (laughs) said it any of the cast members were open to this whole creative environment that was constantly basically evolving the script although they had a very very firm story there was a blueprint there of what they were trying to get to but the nuances within it were constantly changing based on on the mood and what was expressed that day so it was uh, a really eye-opening experience to make me realize that scripts can constantly evolve and that's just how it works even when you're there on the job it just can constantly be happening differently and you need to be open to those differences and so i was very thankful to the fact that I have an improvisation background because I was able to change it up without any kind of hesitation. And it was so fun. Awesome. And I know you've uh, done a lot with Trey Parker and Matt Stone over the years and have done some South Park stuff. But I wanted to ask you, did you ever get a chance to work at all with Isaac Hayes? Did you ever uh, share some time with him at all? No, I never did. Not in the studio, not in the sound studio. And I actually was only able to do a few episodes of South Park because I actually got a, a letter from the Screen Actors Guild, because when I did basketball, I was I was basically forced. You have to. It's a union film, and if you work on a union film, I think for at least two weeks. I don't know. They maybe have new rules, but at the time when I did it, if you work on a union film for two weeks and you're not in the union, you have to eventually join if you're going to continue doing more work in that project. 
So I was essentially forced to join the union, which I was still thankful for. I had the money to pay the dues and the the initiation fees. And uh, it's a great union to be in because it essentially protects you as an actor. It protects you in terms of getting residuals. It makes sure that you actually get paid every time the movie shows again. Um, If there's DVD sales or VHS, VHS sales, there were VHS sales back then. They don't do that anymore, obviously, (laughs) but I got a part of that. So I was continuing to make a paycheck because of the union. And uh, yeah, so that worked out beautifully. Well, you've really transitioned over the years from uh, the more comedic roles to to more drama and and some more serious things. Uh, Was that a a conscious effort on your part? Did you make a point to try to shy away from the the comedy and kind of branch out to these other roles? Yeah, absolutely. Because I I can do everything. So, I mean, it's pretty easy if somebody saw me in something and I, I made them laugh, they want to, you know, it makes sense. They want to put me in another comedy and hopefully make people laugh again. But I think it's uh, it's a weird thing for comedic actors because oftentimes, you know, people like Robin Williams or Jim Carrey, they struggled for a long time to try to be given a chance to do dramatic work. And the thing is, um, comedy is very musical. It's um, You have to have a very musical sensibility about it because it's all about timing and rhythm and beats and not everybody is musically inclined not everybody has a very uh, firm understanding of music and timing and beats and rhythm and you really have to have a very strong sense of that normally you have it has to be a very organic thing that you just have a, a base understanding of and so the thing is with uh with dramatic actors although they can be fantastic dramatically it doesn't mean they're going to be good at comedy because not everybody is musically inclined it means that they don't have a sense of rhythm and timing. It means that they can be very real in a moment, but it doesn't mean that they can change it up and be stylized and actually have a musical sensibility about what they're approaching. So it's kind of crazy because every dramatic actor is great dramatically, but they're not going to be great comedically necessarily. However, I can say for sure that every great comedic actor can also do drama, and it takes a while to convince an audience of that. Um, the abilities are there, but the opportunities aren't necessarily there. So it really takes some work to shift the public awareness or perception of what they think you can do. And you need to be given opportunities to showcase that. Well, and you've definitely had that opportunity, uh, you know, besides all the acting roles, you've, you've done the, as you mentioned, the writing and directing, producing uh, a little of everything. Do you prefer working behind the camera or is acting your preference or how do you feel about that? You know, I actually, I wrote this screenplay while I was out in Toronto. I wrote a feature length film that is a, uh, it's sort of a neo noir murder mystery. And I've always loved writing as I was saying before, but I, I love writing, I think just as much as I do acting. And so now that I've finished this screenplay and I'm actually making this movie, it really has motivated me to continue even more so in that regard. And it's great because it also gives me a chance to write roles for myself. I can write acting parts for myself. So it's um, facilitating both avenues. And that's the avenue I'd really like to continue doing. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to keep writing. Um, of course, I will audition or try to be in, in other films as well. But I'm really focusing on writing right now because I really love it. It's, um, it's something that makes me just as happy as acting does. Excellent. And I know you've, uh, as you mentioned, got a few films coming up and 
according to IMDb, you got a lot of stuff uh, in post-production. It seems like you're definitely keeping busy. Is there anything else maybe in the works we should be looking out for coming up for you? Yeah, um, a few different films. I've got uh, my movie, which is called The Stylus. You'll see that sometime maybe uh, next summer. Um, maybe we can talk again about that, and I'll have more information sure. about it for you. But uh, in addition to that, yeah, I mean, there's three other features right now, and I, you'll see them on IMDb, but I can't really comment further. I've kind of got a non-disclosure agreement so that um, I'm not able to talk further about the characters until we actually are on set and working on it, and then I can then I can talk about it further because they don't want me necessarily discussing the stories right now, and uh, I have to I agree to that legally, so it's something that I'm I'm adhering to. But yeah, um, if you look at IMDb, you'll see the credits of things coming up, and uh, I'm excited about all of it. Awesome. Well, yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to uh, to the new film, hopefully next summer. And Dan, uh, thank you so much for your time. I'm a big fan, and we're uh, looking forward to uh, playing Cannibal the Musical soundtrack here on the show, and, and uh, definitely hope we can speak again sometime soon. That would be awesome, Dustin. I really appreciate the time. All right, you bet. Thanks a lot, man. Okay. Take care. And again, that was Dean Bahar from Cannibal the Musical, Basketball, Orgasmo, and uh, his new film Nightmare Alley is out now. No, gentlemen of the jury, it is never justified to murder. Murder is wrong. So, I ask you to come back with a verdict. To hang this bastard for what he has done. The prosecution rests. But that's not the way it happened.
Greetings from Tromaville. I'm Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of the Toxic Avenger. You know, folks, when the Troma team is not making those great movies like Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead, and Romeo and Juliet, we like to kick back and listen to the five count, the best entertainment there is. What was she like? She's beautiful. She had long, dark, shiny hair. And almond eyes and pointy ears and and big fluffy tail and she's fast like this Hiking around, mining with my dad for ages. I mean, it's like the only people we ever see are guys. I think the only time I've ever actually seen women is in Salt Lake City. You know, I mean, the women there are just so... Mormon? I mean, I'm 19 now, you know? I mean, I just want to get in there and see what it feels like to, you know... What? Well, young man, there's half as much gold in those hills as people say. You'll be rich. And you won't have any problem finding, uh... That. What? What? I know that there's more to life than women. I just can't seem to figure out what else there is. I don't need it every night. Every morning it'd be just fine. A little sex, that's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. That's all he's asking for. Something I can test A gal would suit me best I got a thing to use I know what to use it for A girl I can love and kiss and hold and fuck That's all I'm asking for Now I don't want to be rich for the sake of women I want to be rich for the sake of our Lord Enough to build a church where everyone can come Enough for the Lord, that's all I'm asking for that's all I'm asking for That's all he's asking for It ain't a lot to ask I'm sure we'll get it back A friend of mine was mining and he made a lot of cash He made a gazillion dollars, how is that? That's all I'm asking for He did not make a gazillion dollars You wanna ask him? I'll tell you where he lived That's all he's asking for That's all I'm asking for I'm tired of being sick 
we're sick of being poor. We've had a little luck, now we want a little more. I know, so we never do anything anymore. That's all we're asking for. Hey, what about you, Mr. Miller? What are you asking for? No, no. I don't sing. Oh, come on. If you can talk, you can sing. I just want to make enough so I can open up a shop of my own and go on with my family trade. Well, there. That's great. What is it you do? I'm a butcher. You're a butcher? Yeah. I've never had much in the way of friends or family. My horse is the only pal I've ever known. I'd like to build a ranch in the Rocky Mountain air. A home for us, that's all I'm asking for. That's all we're asking for. That's all we're asking for. We're tired of being sick. We're sick of being poor. We've had a little luck. Now we want a little more. Really miss Leanne, don't you? Boy, I'll say. I just can't believe she'd just take off like that. Don't worry, Mr. Packer. There's plenty of horses in the world. You'll find another one. Wouldn't want another one. She'll never know what she meant to me Whenever I was with her I was always as gentle as I could be Now I don't know why, but she's gone away Packer. 
Hi, this is Michael Ian Black, and obviously, whenever I'm in Mankato, Minnesota, the only show I listen to is The Five Count. You guys don't even know what it means to be a trapper. Yeah. Tell them, French. I can catch a helpless animal, skin it with my bare hands. I wake up muddy and I go to bed bloody, cause I'm a trapping man. I can brave the nastiest weather, weather. even if it's 80 below. Hello. My pa was an elephant, but that's irrelevant. My ma was an Eskimo. I eat rabbit's heads for breakfast with beaver butt on the side. the side. My mind's magnificent, my body no different. I'm full of trapper pride. Yo ho! Rip their fur, cut their skin with my knife. Yo ho! One thing for sure, nothing like the trapping life. I'm better than the baddest sailor I make love to women ten feet tall I've got a chest of wonder and balls of thunder I can break right through a wall I love the sound of metal Snapping on an animal's head Sometimes they scupper, sometimes they whimper But they always end up dead I've always wanted to be somebody Who didn't get pushed around Now that I'm a trapper I'm the meanest guy around. Second meanest! The blood of a fresh-cut world and is as sweet as brandy wine. And the brain of an antelope tastes like cantaloupe. What a yummy life. Yo-ho! 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 Rip their fur, cut their eyes out with my knife. Yo-ho! Yo-ho! Oh, stop. That's sick. I agree. None of were singing in the wrong key. No, I wasn't. It was Lautzenheiser. I was singing an E-flat minor. The song's in F-sharp major. I think they're the same thing. I mean, E-flat is the relative minor of F-sharp. No, it isn't. The relative minor is three half tones down from the major, not up. No, it's three down. Like A is the relative minor of C major. But isn't A-sharp in C major? Wait, are you singing Mixolydian scales or something? A-sharp is tonic to C major. It's the six. No, it isn't. Well, it'd be like a raised 13th, if anything. It was then that Packer's horse, his only friend, ran away. Did this loss lead to his murdering and eating his unsuspecting companions? What could have caused his madness? I can't imagine him being so violent. He seems so harmless. Why should I care?
was below me. Could it be he is the one to show me what compassion is for? Safe as an island, far up to sea. That's all I'm asking for. Hello, everybody. This is Ron Jeremy. You're listening to the Five Count. 
which is an excellent choice because I listen to them myself. I know that today will be a day that goes down in history as a day in which justice was truly served. Now let's hang the bastard! Hang the bastard, hang him high, hoist his body to the sky. It's as nice as a day can be. Won't you come to the hanging with me? From up here to get a good view. And when his eyes bug out, we'll know it's the end of him and the end of the show. So hang the bastard, hang him with cheer. We'll make some hot dogs and drink a few beers. And when his tongue rolls out, we'll know it's the end of the show and we all can go home. But not till we hang the bastard, hang him here. The most exciting thing this town has seen in years When his body stops jerking, we'll know It's the end of him It's the end of him It's the end of him And the end of the show Cowbell solo! And when his tongue rolls out, we'll know It's the end of him and we all can go home Friend. We can name him Shannon, Shannon Wilson Bell. We can make him.
him tall Or we can make him not so tall We're back. Wow. Spadoinkle. That was awesome. That was the entire soundtrack to Cannibal the Musical. That is just crazy. And our exclusive interview with actor Dean Bahar. Awesome. Nightmare Alley. He's in that new film. It's out on uh, DVD and Blu-ray and such. And maybe Hulu. Maybe Hulu? Or one of those things. Cool. I still have a VCR, Tony. I'm not the guy to ask. Nightmare Alley. Dude, I was just looking at some VHS tapes at the Salvation Army the other day. Almost bought some. Do you remember the old uh, American Wrestling Association tapes? Yeah. In case you were wondering where this music comes from. Yeah, dude. I love this music. Done. Why don't we start a band and play music like this? Uh, Because I suck, you... I thought that was well established yeah. during the last break. Yeah. You can't slap it and you don't know anything about tubes. What the heck, man? Yeah. I'm a failure on many fronts. Many? <laughs> many fronts? I mean, it's just the two, I think. Hey, at least we still got each other. Yeah, we do. Can I ask another serious question? Yes. Uh, 10 years ago, your thoughts. Hmm. Hmm. You know why I ask you that, son? Hmm. No idea. Because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. So what are you talking about? What date? 
March 31st, 2012. 2012? What was I doing in 2012, Dust? Well, I'll tell you if you just calm down. I have no idea. I have it all written down. I had the foresight to keep a diary. All right. Just in case. Ten years down the road. Yeah. When all the gin started to catch up with you. And you forgot where you were. (laughs) I made a note. Okay. It was me and you, Tom, ten years ago, and our good pal, Thomas Dobie. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Remember Thomas Dobie? Yeah, dude. You know, he, he was hyperactive. Yes, I was super into it for a while. We saw him live, even. I don't remember that. Or maybe I just did. Maybe you went by yourself. Maybe I was blinded by science and don't remember. Pretty sure. Did you write it down? No. See? <laughs> okay, okay. Keep going. Now your mind is starting to go. And now not only do you not remember things, you're starting to remember things that never happened. It's very possible. But please continue. Uh, we had Thomas Dobie on the show. That was the gist of it. That's awesome. He talked about uh, his friendships with Michael Jackson and George Clinton. He talked about Howard the Duck and shooting time capsules into space. And you were nice. blinded by science. Dude, that sounds very real. We played a good chunk of the soundtrack to Howard the Duck, an all-time classic. It really is. Do you remember watching that movie? Oh, yeah. Do you remember being in that movie since we're making up things? I don't remember being in that movie. (laughs) I don't remember that. Do you remember it? Seeing Thomas Dobie? No. Was I any good? In the movie, I mean. You played one of the Dark Overlords? I was just looking through my phone to see if I could find any pictures of that, but there is none. There is none. I wonder why. Oh, I know why. Because it never happened. It never happened? I don't think so. Why would you go by yourself? I don't know. Is that a thing you have ever done in your life? Except for that one time that I got us tickets to see Aerosmith and you said I couldn't go. I didn't say that. And then you went with someone else and then complained about how that person wasn't that good and you wished that I had gone and I thought, yeah, me too. 100%. It was my wife. <laughs> she made us leave early. I missed Dream On. I missed Dream On, dude. Well, I'm just saying, Ton, had you brought me, I wouldn't have been worried about beating the traffic. I heard Dream On from the parking lot. It was like, what in, is happening in my life right now? Woo. Well, that was 10 years ago, and then a couple years uh, ago also in five-count history. That was Sorry, a weird Tom. night. My car's exhaust br- rusted and broke off that night, too. Karma, I think, is what they call that in mechanic school. It's very weird. That's weird you brought that up. I was bummed about that. Hey, you missed Dream On? Yeah, that I just wasn't there for the entire show, because... I thought Aerosmith was amazing. Like, they did an amazing job. I didn't know what I was expecting, but it blew blew it out of out of the water. Whatever I was expecting. Blew your exhaust pipe off. <laughs> it did. And every, the whole audience was 
super lame. Like, not interactive, just sitting there. But it was a really hot day. But then I was thinking, like, dude, how could you be so lame? I'm I'm guessing it was really hot and everyone was drunk. So they were really, like, ready for naps. But even Steven Tyler was like, what is wrong with these people? He was saying it on stage, like, talking to somebody backstage, some Randy person. Randy, you see this? You know, like... People aren't even singing along to the, the most insanely popular songs ever. They weren't their- singing for the laughter or singing for the tears. Yeah, none of it. Huh. And he's just like, he would look back and be like, never seen this before, Randy. Like mid song, like <laughs> just saying like, what is wrong with these people? And he's giving it his all. And he sounded amazing. The whole band sounded good. I don't know. Yeah, and then my wife was like, let's go. And I was like, "How? what do you mean, let's go? And then ultimately we went, and I heard Dream On in the parking lot. Bummer. Yeah. Reminds me of the time that I went to see Ronnie James Dio play with Black Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, dude? And the guy that I went with said we had to leave early, and I had to hear Neon Nights from the concourse. Uh, Similar. Similar situation. Oh. Uh, and you really cared about Neon Knights? And that guy was Ton. Yes! Ah! Uh, hey, you know where Dio is now? Dead. I didn't know you loved Neon Knights that much. You don't know me at all then, do you? <laughs> Man. All right, well, I'm sorry, Dust. That's okay. We probably beat that traffic from 15 years ago. That was the most important thing. I'll always remember that day when we beat the traffic. It's a memory I hold dear. We got home 12 minutes earlier than everyone else. (laughs) I'll never forget that day. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about Aerosmith. I'm sorry. And there's nothing I can do to change it. I guess we could listen to some more music if you want. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's WrestleMania weekend. It's five count weekend. Good times. Great oldies. I was just listening to to Dio Black Sabbath this morning on the way to work. <laughs> Isn't that something? That is something. I have uh, music from the soundtracks of Orgasmo and Basketball because we had Dean Bahar on the show earlier. Awesome. Remember? You remember? Yes. Let's hear some, shall we? Let's do it. As my friend Ton always likes to say, here's some ween. Love, it's such an easy game to play. Love, take my hand and I'll show you the way. Shed your skin and let me begin to love. Love. Steal the peace from- 
remember what you do. She looks like heaven. Maybe this is hell. She said she'd do it all again. She promised not to tell. And if I get drunk, but I'll pass out on the floor now, baby. You won't bother me no more. She said, well, it's okay, boy, cause you know we'll be good friends and I'll say, I think I'll have myself a beer. Off a hand claps, you got to be handed tracks and pat on your back. Your MC and be whack is never intact. Word to the words in my mouth, I see that, but I can never be that. Believe that. Uh, people jump up when yeah. the action starts. Yeah. Check, 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 check it out. Yeah. Dust brothers control yeah. the wheels of steel. Yeah. Yeah. Ever, 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 ever,
forever, yeah. forever, forever. Yeah. People jump up yeah. when the action starts. Yeah. Yeah. Check, 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 check it out. Dust brothers control the wheels of steel. Check, 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 check it out. People jump up when the action starts. Check, 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 check it out. KRS on one control of a body. Check, 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 check it out. Stay street, stay unique. Stay complete yeah. when you compete over yeah. beats. Freak what you speak. Yeah. Be discreet. Yeah. Be elite. Be the heat. Yeah. Hit the speed under their feet. Yeah. And you will always eat yeah. forever, ever, ever, yeah. ever, 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 yeah. forever, 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 yeah. forever, ever, ever, yeah. forever, forever, yeah. ever, 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 yeah. forever, forever, ever, forever, 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 forever,
Hi, I'm Peanut from 311, and you are listening to The Five Count.
Wake up, we're back. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the five count. That was some ska. You love that stuff. All kids love ska. Floyd Shouts looking in your direction. He's a big trombone fan. I didn't ever get that. I still don't get it. Trombone? It's part Just, of the brass family. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, you pull the thing out and it changes yeah. the tone of the... Gotcha. You should I mean, ask me. I mean, ska. I don't, I don't understand the appeal. Really? You wore that cabbie hat in Argyle for years. Figured you were all about it. No, never liked it. Never liked it. And that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> That's a problem that you've had to explain to me many times. A problem of mine. I'm just openly say my opinions, but me openly saying my opinions in no way ever means that anyone else should join in on my opinion. In my mind, I'm like, you guys are all welcome to extremely love ska. I'm just openly saying that I don't. And there's... That's just it. And it should be okay that I don't and okay that you do. If you are an average citizen, perhaps. Yeah. But a man of your stature. <laughs> and Seems ridiculous. Celebrity. You got to know that your words mean a little more than the average Joe's. I'm saying that Shilbill is welcome to love Ska. Shilbill might be here next week. Is he really? He said he wants to come and talk about wrestling on Patreon. Well... Can you bring a metal detector or whatever? Because of his uh, shrapnel that he took in Korea? Have you seen the exchanges he had towards me on Twitter? Oh, because he hates your guts. Yeah, he hates me. He's okay. probably going to bring a knife or 16 knives and a gun. Try to off me on the show. If he has weapons, Ton, you could just um, defend yourself with a bowl of chow mein. A bowl of chow oh, Rice. I think it's rice he hates. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Floyd shouts, I'm bringing rice. Just douse just, him in the eyes with some soy down. sauce. <laughs> Throw some chow mein noodles. Just slow your roll, Floyd shouts, or I'll bring that rice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, guess what? Uh, chicken butt. Another old fan of ours that hates our whole format and... Hates us and thinks we need to change. <laughs> that could be anybody. Jerry Severson, severe sunburn. He was messaging me recently. And he got pissed at me, too. Yeah, you have that effect on people. Because I couldn't go to a show and he called me a boring old man or something. It's like, what's happening here? You didn't want to go to Soul Asylum? Well, he was pissed because he's tried. he's come to Mankato like a couple times and I'm never available for him. Hey, Jerry, uh, he doesn't hang out with me, so. And we've been dating for years. <laughs> so you don't have much of a shot. <laughs> I mean, I wish I had more of a shot, but I'm like, yeah. I'm stuck, man. Well, at least we've still got a great radio. Well, except for tonight, because it's over. But. Really, really great radio is coming up with the True Punks. Really super great radio. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, why don't you join us on Patreon? That could be a fun thing to show your appreciation for some old dudes who are still up here wasting Saturdays. 
Just join us up on there. You get early access to the show. You get access to all the old, super, super early shows, which tend to be pretty hilarious. Also, you get early access to the Five Count Co-op, and you get access to the only place where you can see the Five Count at the movies. Wonderful. And we might be having some special guests on that program. We might have Stonehenge. We might have Floyd Shouts killing me. Live on camera. I would suggest you go to the5count.com, but some sort of uh, technical snafu has killed the front homepage for the time really? being. Really? Working on that. I didn't even know. Well, it's website stuff, you know? It's a pain in the behind. Yeah. Okay. Well, still. Stay tuned with us at the five count at Twitter. Twitter at the five count. Sure. Yeah. You know whose website still works? Who's? Lori Dawn of Lori Dawn Ceramics. Yes. Go there and buy some ceramics. And um, you could check out the work of Dean Bahar. He's in the new film Nightmare Alley. Check it out. It was nominated for an Oscar. I think we're done, probably. Happy WrestleMania. I hope you enjoy it. Happy, uh, just, I hope you're happy. Smell you next time. Hope you're happy. Knock, knock. Interrupting cow. Boo. Get it? Because I interrupt you, and my name is Interrupting Cow.